the show the podcast where we talk about anything and everything i'm brady and i'm katie and today we're going to talk about the viscosity of marshmallows chewy actually we're going to talk about camping today and all of its culture so i guess that means it's time to jump right into i digress So you actually just went camping, didn't you? Oh man, for two weekends in a row. We went, uh, one weekend was up to Mirror Lake. It's by Lake Ponderay, which is basically a giant inland sea. And I had to chaperone a bunch of 4-H kids, which basically meant I got to float around in a tube in 75 degree water and watch them throw each other off a dock. It was wonderful. Oh, wonderful. I know. And then the next weekend we went, my friends owned this like huge nature preserve on the Pack River up in the Panhandle. And we took our one percenter trailer, which we're sitting in right now. Yeah. Broadcasting. I mean, we're being legit camp cool people. Is that what that is? Yeah. That I thing? wish you guys can see this. We'll probably post some pictures of this on social media, but it's straight a mansion, but it's a trailer. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to go on a cross country road trip with my kids before their last year of homeschooling elapsed. And that became another episode entirely. But anyways, <laughs> we, our friends, we wanted to talk about camping today because camping has become kind of a thing in our country. It always kind of has been since probably, I think camping culture started in America, I believe in the twenties. And then it just, cause you know, people are like, Hey, let's tow our home with us. <laughs> and and yeah. well, and then camping in tents has obviously been a thing since the stone age. Well, you know, since yeah. we're like, let's butcher this well, goat I mean, people, and make a thing. You know? People used to just live outside. That's true. You know, now we do it for fun. Yeah. Now it's like a hobby and it's not cool unless you get Wi-Fi. Yeah. And now you get like one week out of every year out of your job to just go out and live in the woods. Well, and I find this amusing partially because of how I grew up because, you know, people now camp for the novelty of it and to get back with nature and stuff. But when I was a kid, my, um, my grandma and grandpa and my dad and everybody, they used to get units of old logging units from the forest service and they would clean them up and burn them. And so they actually literally lived in the Cascade mountains for months at a time in wall tents. Oh. And so when I was a little kid... It was normal for me to see my grandma washing her hair in Tackalack Lake, and there'd be, like, a fish carcass next to it. I don't know why I remember that. But, <laughs> yay, grandma putting sulfates in the lake. I'm sorry, EPA. Yay. But, um, <laughs> Pollution. They would live up there for months at a time, and it was just normal to, you know, eat trout breaded in cornbread and fried in a thing and have biscuits and gravy. We had a wood stove in our tent. It was camping on a different level than getting your REI backpack tent now and that, stuff. That's more like living than camping in a way. I think so. I guess. It's almost more like camping as a utility more than as a hobby. Yeah, and what is the difference? You know, because I bought this this trailer out of necessity every year we live at the fairgrounds. And then I was like, well, you know, instead of sleeping on the ground, because I did that, you know, my husband's older, so I made sure that we got a comfy bed. And I got to say, I like this one percenter trailer. It's pretty comfy. Yeah, this is the fanciest trailer I've ever been in. Just personally, um, the last RV I was in was kind of like a really old, probably like 1970s Winnebago. Oh. Like like on Spaceballs, pretty much. It smells like poo. <laughs> like Spaceballs. Yeah. Like, there was no Schwartz in it, though, this time, but, well, you know. But the the one percenter trailer is all the Schwartz. All the Schwartz. Well, yeah. you know, it's nice. I, I grew up. Like, you guys, it's got... I don't think that's real granite or marble countertops, but it's, it's mock granite. It looks really fancy. There's an island. Like, I had never seen an island in an RV before. And it's not even that big. Like, uh, it's not grandiose by any means. It's pretty small. But it, the way that they laid everything out is, like, I don't know, just perfect. 
It's weird being in a camper and it has stainless steel appliances and an yeah. LCD TV. Yeah, it's it's different and an air conditioning. Yeah, there's a lot unit. of room in here. Um, the sound might be a little different. We're not recording in our normal studio. We're recording in the 1% trailer, which, well, the walls are closer together. So Apologies. hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. But otherwise, like, you know, I thought it would be fitting for our camping culture uh, episode. Specifically because we definitely want to talk about glamping. Yes, we do. Um, but I, before we do talk about glamping, we definitely want to talk about the hardcore camping enthusiasts that go out in tents with nothing. You know, like like uh, Survivor Man. So are we going to eat... So he eat, didn't even have a tent. Are we going to eat a two-day-old rat that we find in the woods? Like, yeah, Does that gotta, make you a real camper? Yeah, where's your pee filter in here? Why don't you have one of those? I didn't heck? buy one of those. I didn't know we needed yeah. it. We have a water filter on the water. Does that count? It's an important part of RVing. You have to have the water filter that hooks up to the water line. Yeah, well, you have to have water, no. unfortunately. <laughs> okay, speaking of uh, camping. Do you want to drink out of the lake and get beaver fever? No, you bring one of those Katadin um, filter things. Have you ever used those? Uh-uh. Okay, so like... I've seen a lot of YouTube videos where they'll be like, let's put vodka through it. Does it work? I don't know. What they do you mean vodka through it? It's for water. People put vodka through those to make it better vodka filters out the impurities so you can and buy you like the cheap alcohol. military special vodka that's like 6.95 a bottle and turn it into middle or top shelf gray goose sort the, of stuff? yeah exactly pouring it through the filter yeah how does that allegedly, science work I guess, allegedly <laughs> well i think normally you do it through a brita filter okay uh, i i only imagine those uh those pee filters <laughs> as i like to call them um the pee the, filter. the swamp water filters basically the survivor i feel like i've been camping the survivor wrong. straws oh. Um, oh people put them through that or the Brita filters to like get the impurities out, and you and you have like uh, some top shelf shit. So do you Excuse do that? Language. Well, that's okay. That's kind of what I was thinking it actually was. Well, <laughs> I, I the only experience I've had with the water filters or filters is just a couple years ago I hiked Olive Priest Lake, and I don't even like to sleep in a tent. I like a hammock because I feel like yeah. a little soft taco, and you don't have to sleep on the ground. Well, the, so the ground hurts. Well, I grew, yeah, I slept on it. We didn't have an RV. Me personally, my grandparents always did, but I didn't ever camp like this it was always legit camping you know you took yeah. a tent a camp stove a lot of times you caught if, your own dinner if you're lucky you had a yoga mat in oh, your tent we didn't have those yeah. we did have an air mattress that would go flat a lot i remember that i guess that's still better than nothing that's any true. layer of anything between you and the hard ground i think is i prefer preferable yeah but there are some people out there that they don't even bring a tent they'll just go out no i just fucking throw some leaves up I used to sleep outside a lot when I lived in Alaska. My favorite kind of camping is camping in a snow cave. I know that sounds weird, oh, yeah. but it's oh. so wonderful. I, I did outdoor living class as extracurricular, or I guess it wasn't really extracurricular. It was an elective in high school. Okay. But uh, it was such an awesome class, I did it twice. So, But we we had to make snow forts. Snow forts are yeah. legit Well, camping. the first year we had to learn the theory of snow forts because we didn't get a lot of snow that year. Mm. And the second year, we got dumped on. <laughs> the theory. And we were actually able to build the snow forts, so it was pretty cool. So yeah. we actually made jerky like a week before that as mm -hmm. part of it. And we got to like go out in our snow fort and eat jerky. Okay. And talk about the grizzly man. Well, who's the grizzly man? He's the guy that went out to live with the bears. Oh, you mean got, like Alaska? Oh, the guy that got eaten? He got eaten. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, I used to... That's what I used to do in my snow cave is one... 
when I lived in the logging camp, one night we got like, I think it was four feet of snow. Cause on the coast there, we got 242 inches of rain a year. So sometimes oh. it would come as snow. And so they had to shovel all our roofs off. So I had an eight foot by 60 foot swath of snow. And so I hand dug out myself a little cave and it was so warm in there that I just took my polyester blanket my grandma made me and I slept in there and the bears like kind of came up and sniffed around and I'm like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't wimp out though. I stayed in my cave all night. Oh, good. Yeah. I think like my, Batman. Catman. <laughs> Catman. <laughs> Catman was in her cave with the bears. Well, and that brings to the point, like, camping. There's different manifestations of camping, right? You have where you just sleep on the ground, like backcountry. That's a big thing now. Bear grills camping. Yeah, like where, oh, look, it's a two-day-old squirrel. That's all I'm going to eat. Do you just not take food when you camp like that? I don't think you're supposed to. Like, I think there's an, there's like an entire experience to it. So that's experiential camping. Yeah. We're talking about like the most extreme form of camping. Like, like I said, Bear Grylls. Like, oh, we're going to eat our own pee today. Yeah. Let's not filter it. We're going to go au naturel, right? That's the proper way to drink your pee. Yeah. And actually there's been some, some YouTube videos popping up lately that have been gaining some friction that are just people going out. I lived alone for three weeks in the woods. With nothing. Does that make you better than other people for being an idiot? Because I feel like we worked really hard as a species to get away from that. I think there's a bit of an elitism to it. Like, ha, I, hate I can do, I can live like this and put myself through pain just for a video. And then there's also the, um, I think there's tears to it. So you got that kind of camping. Okay. And, and then, then the next level up is like, okay, you got a tent and maybe like a basic survival kit. And you know, Instagram. You have, it's probably important to have band-aids. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a med kit that I take when I go in the woods because, you know, accidents happen. But that's if I go yeah. in the backwoods, you yeah. know. Okay, so there's that level. Then there's, like, millennial camping. Because they said 41% of millennials, like, I think I wrote it down somewhere, too, that, what was it? 41% of millennials went camping, and they like structured excursions, like guided hikes, outdoor tours, and group camp activities. So they, that's yeah. more of, like, a like a social thing. Yeah, right? and actually sometimes they'll rent out cabins to sleep in instead of tents and stuff. So okay. it's not an entirely outdoor experience. Not well, not always. I think most Americans don't like to be completely unplugged. I think there's some of us that are okay with once in a while going out, but even I like to have my my Wi-Fi working and you Yeah, know. it's nice to have Wi-Fi. Well, luckily nowadays you go almost anywhere, you're going to have at least enough bars on your cell phone to make a call if you have to. Or text. Granted, yeah. there's still a lot of wilderness where it's just desolate, but satellite phones are very cheap nowadays. That's true. Well, like, and- I think a hundred bucks you can get a satellite phone to. It'll make a like it'll send out an emergency signal if you push the red button and. You know, they'll be able to find you. Which, being prepared is not a bad thing. They're, every year here, especially during hunting season, we have rescue. Like, people have to be rescued. Oh, sometimes it's kind of sad they're barely off the road, but they can't find it back because people think, oh, I can go in the woods. I have an Onyx app. And it's like, no, yeah. you need to practice and you need to kind of protect yourself. Make sure people know where you're going. A lot of that happens because every year someone dies, you know, from exposure or, hey, I'm going to pose for a photo here for my friends. Yeah. That's more common than not. Oh, I got to tell you. Okay. Um... I went hiking on uh, the Palouse Falls Trail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's in Washington. It's pretty. And uh, it's a very, very beautiful hiking trail. If anyone ever gets the chance, I recommend going. Um, you start at the top of this cliff, you know, it's probably a hundred foot drop. Mm-hmm. No guardrails or nothing. Obviously, it's just wilderness. You know, it's kind of out on a reserve. Okay. And uh, uh, we were we, when we got there there was a really long line in the parking lot to go park. It was just a really popular day that day. It was also like 110 degrees out. Okay. And uh, we're sitting there just waiting in line, and this guy was coming to talk to us, and he was like, so what's going on? And we kind of were talking about it, and 
he went out, walked ahead, and then came back like 10 minutes later. Nobody had moved. He's like, yeah, it's going to be a while. Um, and told us about parking spot. Anyway, when we, I, I think it was like, I don't know, 45 minutes later, we finally got to park and go in the park. Because the, um, they actually only allow a certain amount of people in, which is why it took so long. Okay. Uh, so, uh, we, I don't know, about two hours into the hike, we got down to the bottom of the cliffs. There's a nice little trail going down there. And all of a sudden, emergency vehicles were everywhere. Helicopters flying around. Like, what the hell? Someone fall in the river? Because right at the bottom of the cliff is a river. You can swim in and it goes to the falls. So, you know, you don't want to swim in the deep part. But, uh, so we're just swimming and kind of taking some pictures and, you know, uh, smoking a little Chiba. (laughs) And, uh. (laughs) It's Washington. Yeah, it it was Washington. (laughs) Um, it was legal at the time, everybody, just so you know. But we, uh, we're just chilling and wondering why the helicopters are going around. Well, we start talking to people down the trail a little bit. And the guy who we were talking to in the parking lot fell off the 100-foot cliff because he decided he wanted to take a selfie. Aww. And turns out there's this thing called selfie vertigo. Really? Where really? When you hold this, the way you hold the selfie stick and you're looking into the camera at yourself, um, it can trigger some kind of vertigo. And he, unfortunately, was doing that at the edge of a 100-foot cliff and fell off right in front of his girlfriend. So he lost and, his life? Yeah, he died. He ended up hitting the ground, rolling into the river, and it took him like, I don't know, 10 or 15 hours to find him downriver. That's Because so he went sad. off the fall. He mm-hmm. went off the waterfall, He's which eight. is another 100 and I think 20 or something foot drop into this little pond, and then that goes downriver more. And um, yeah, it took him a while to find the guy, but yeah, we found out it was the guy that we were talking to in the parking lot just, you know, a, a couple hours ago. That at the time. Was, so you like spoke to him and then a couple hours later he yeeted himself right off the cliff? Yeah, and... unfortunately. And he seemed like a pretty cool dude. He was there with like his friend and his girlfriend. And instead of having them take the picture, he wanted to do a selfie. Oh, I and don't so, feel like any I, selfie is worth dying yeah, for. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I should probably, you know, public service announcement. Don't be taking selfies on the edges of cliffs. It's a huge problem. You see people in Yosemite dying all the time from that. Yeah. Like, why do people think... Okay, National Geographic has probably taken a picture of every cool natural feature ever on the world or some other photographer. So it's cool that you're there, but be safe, right? Yeah. I don't understand. Nothing that, not no amount of likes is worth you dying over. No, I not just, at all. It's just. Yeah, you know, he could have just been like a risk taker or something too. You know, some people are like that. Well, and I guess we all, I mean. Maybe maybe some, he had toxoplasmosis or something. Oh, he, he chewed his nails after he cleaned the cat box. Yeah. That's really you never know. Um, that apparently that's there is, I guess there's scientists saying that it link it, it's linked to like reckless behavior. Well, to be infected with that, so you never know. He could have just had that and not not cared at all. Wow. I well, I kind of feel if you're taking a selfie on the edge of the cliff, you kind of don't care about anybody but yourself. But yeah. that might be a little judgmental of me. I don't know. I just, I think you're right. You hit on something with elitism. There's there's these different levels of elitism because you wanted to talk about glamping. Let's yeah, we'll we'll, we'll eventually get to yeah. glamping. But that is the ultimate elitism in camping. So yeah. you have different levels. Like you have your backcountry people that are like, I'm the toughest person ever. I yeah. eat you know squirrel guts and I drink my own piss. You know, so you have that. <laughs> and then you have regular people that just go camping because you know I keep forgetting it's hard for me because I live I'm looking at trees right now. People, most of them in our country live in urban areas. And so for them, it must be just amazing because a lot of times where people go camping, to me, it's like being in town. It's so crowded. When I go camping, yeah. I want to be away from people. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody has their own idea of camping. But yeah. when I think of camping, like, I'm going to go get a tent and I'm yeah. going to just go, I'm going to try to find a place where that, 
Because I'm not a big tourist kind of guy. I don't want to be around a lot of people. I want to experience the things I want to experience, you know, with me and maybe my family or something. Oh, yeah. But it, especially with camping, it kind of just breaks the entire immersion in nature, you know, to have a bunch of people around with their RVs or their freaking... You know, making noise. Making noise yeah. or whatever, you know. The occasional ATV or something is okay, but like... Oh, they're loud. Yeah, but like, I want a surreal nature experience when I go camping. <laughs> you don't like, want to be like but Tom I, I Haverford. Up, yeah, but I also, like, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and it's just a big thing around here. It is. Because there's so much wilderness, beautiful wilderness everywhere. So camping's just been a real thing around here. But it's been kind of overrun by, like, one percenter RVs. It has. And yuppies. Well, and then now with the Rona, people can't go yeah. on their regular vacations. So especially here where we live, we are overran. Oh, I bet, yeah. You know, it is like every campground, even just dirt on the side of the road, there are people just packing it in here trying to have some sort of experience or get away. Or, you know, we don't require a lot of the things that the other states do. Right. And so they're all here doing that. And that that has caused some problems. Like my friends who have the Riverside property... This person was there, and he was kayaking, and he had glass bottles in his kayak, which is, like, the number one no-no around water. You don't have glass, and he fell over and broke glass all over the river. Wonderful. Yeah, so you're dealing with these kind of things. Like, people just, they're just excited to get out, which I don't blame them, but then they don't think. Yeah, and, you know, if it's people who are usually just used to living in the city and stuff... Mm -hmm. Um, they, they track litter with them. They don't clean up all their messes. They just treat nature as if it's like the city. That there's some sanitation worker yeah. who's going to come by with a push broom, and it's like you can't push broom the river. Right? Yeah, you so I, I think unfortunately there's a, developed this like toxic camping culture as well. Well, the garbage um, aspect. I hate garbage, and you, if you take it with you, by God, take it back. Yeah, out. leave it's nature not... as you found it. Like we're gonna run out of nature soon or later, guys. It's the whole plan's gonna be one giant city. I mean, maybe not in our lifetimes, but God, you know, the way society grows, it's going to get like that. So we need to cherish it while we can and treat it, you know, right. Well, there are a lot of people that are forming groups to, they're buying land specifically to put into conservation easements trusts. Oh, yeah. So there are people trying to kind of balance that out. That's kind of my goal with my home here. Well, right that's... now I could divide it up and sell it off and make a gazillion dollars. I'm not going to do that. Well, isn't that it's part like... of why they did the national parks Yes, and the Wilderness Act, yeah. which makes a lot of people mad. But at the same point, I've never, ever been sad that we have national parks. I think they're awesome. Although there's, I'm sorry, tinfoil hat moment. Oh, I love there's that. There's a bit of a conspiracy behind why there's national parks, because a lot of them have all of these precious minerals and rare metals. Oh, yeah. Um, we have the world's largest of reserve of uh, rare metals. Some of them even have, uh, supposedly have oil fields underneath them that are, like, insanely huge. We're going to exploit it later. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I think there maybe that's our, like, back... That's our plan B, oh. like... Uh, that's our, like, rainy day fund. I got really like, excited. Like, if we ever have World War Three, we're going to be dipping into those precious metals to sell. And then, But then Elon Musk comes along with his freaking SpaceX, and he's like, let's just mine asteroids. Yeah, and, why not? You know, that, Save the Earth for later. Yeah, then we don't even have to dip into the, the, uh, the, the national parks. I honestly got really excited because I thought you were going to say that underneath our national parks were secret moon bases and stuff, you know, we're building all sorts of... Like, national treasure. We hey, just I got mean, all... I wouldn't hold, them, I wouldn't hold well, it against them. Well, you said tinfoil hat, Brady. You, you kind of got my hopes up, and instead it was just expectation. Yeah, I mean, if we want, we can get into that, too. I mean, like, mm. underground bases and stuff are kind of cool. We <laughs> should do an episode on... Uh, they Silos. call them dumbs, d deep underground uh, military bases, D-U-M-B-S. If the NSA is listening, I would be very, very trustworthy if you would like to let me have a tour. I just like tours. Yeah. Can we see underneath that Denver airport? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I want yeah, to, yeah. I want to. Area 51, I'd be all about taking a private tour of that. Yeah, that'd you be cool. You wouldn't even have to kill me. We later. won't even put it on the podcast. No. Wink, wink. No. We cough, will just, cough. can we make a t-shirt, though, that says I've been to Area 51? <laughs> and all I found was t-shirts. <laughs> and all I got was a t-shirt and a non-disclosure <laughs> agreement. So... <laughs> India. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they took you into Area 51, showed you just a completely empty hangar, maybe like a old an old World War II jet sitting in there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, then they still make you sign a non-disclosure They agreement. totally would. I don't know how we went from camping to Area 51, but because hey, it's us. welcome to I the Show, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything. Because I digress. Yeah. Okay. But, um, <laughs> back to camping. Anyway, back to camping. Sorry. Wouldn't you guys like to camp at Area 51? Oh. <gasps> You know. That could be like an eco-village. Yeah. You know, like, we, you could do authentic desert camping, and then there could be, like, your authentic UFO experience. Yeah. You know, they could charge for that. You know, people, people really do that out there, though. They could so just, like, yeah. Inst- and, and there's, okay, so, sorry, we got to talk about this. So there we, were, we were talking about Don't the tiers sorry. of camping, so let's get back on track a little bit. Okay. But there's not just tiers of camping. There's also, like, different biomes that you camp in. Like, there some are. people do desert camping. I love camping and in the there's, desert. And there's, there's, you know, like tundra camping where you're out in the freaking like winter wilderness of mm, Alaska. I'm too old for that. Yeah. It, it could even just be August. Alaska just sucks. No. Brady, <laughs> I'm just joking. It's I'm just beautiful. Joking. It is. No, no. I love Alaska. <laughs> but the, the cold The time suck. I was there, it was like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, and people uh, have a misnomer. I would love to go back and visit, but... Uh, We're going to have to do an Alaska episode. I'm just joking. I don't want to offend any Alaskans, you guys. It's That's one of the most amazing places on earth, to oh, be Don't honest. worry about offending them. They but it really is like freaking a wasteland most of the year most, and most of the land in alaska is almost uninhabitable anyway like yeah north just of, be real anywhere north of anchorage yeah. is gonna be super exciting we can do an alaska <laughs> yeah. episode at some point because we I should because it's really interesting like i don't know a lot about alaska but i've heard about this like the farthest north town that you could that is inhabited in alaska it's just really cool and there's a bunch of videos of it and they have to like fly in like half a year's worth of materials because they the only window to fly in there for the weather that the, that the weather allows is like like they have like a month um, to I get have, all their supplies flown in. I have actual real anecdotal. Um, my cousins run a logistics company in the wilderness up there. Oh wow! So we can talk about that. And then my dad and my brother worked in the places you're talking about. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool stuff. Well, and plus we you know getting our groceries once a month or week by uh, a DC. The old planes from World War Two. I yeah. mean, we can talk about all that. But well, that's I'm surprised different... they don't just like airdrop them in. Like, is that, is that, does that happen there? Um, like, yeah. like drop boxes out and parachute them down. Like, come on. I don't. That would be really cool. A lot of times they move. I don't stuff know why they don't. I mean, that's ten, something you know, that like that's something that can be. That's something that you just want to drop stuff on people. I feel, I mean, yeah, let's maybe. Just be yeah, honest. Yeah. So, drop load. You can, it's your own version of Call of Duty or something. Just, <laughs> <laughs> prepare to drop. Yeah. Drop ship inbound. Yeah. yeah, it's time for our loadouts. <laughs> but back, back to like camping, the tiers sorry. of camping yeah, so okay. yeah you got your different biomes to camp in but each biome will still have these tiers of camping so we were talking about what was the next tier like the okay, millennial so, retreats yeah well they did and then there's the RVers is their own culture like yeah. in campers motorhomes um that is a completely different subset of camping because one you pay a little more there's a little more money involved so it's definitely yeah. more of a middle class and honestly upper middle class my grandparents had my grandparents have always had travel trailers, and they had a Thousand Trails membership, and since I was a poor kid, being able to go to campgrounds that had swimming pools and be in these one percent RVs, you know, they had one of those Winnebago tour buses. Yeah. With the diesel, and that is, you're talking about house mortgage. Those are expensive. Yeah. But the people that have those, that's their lifestyle. It's amazing. And so they camp, like, it's basically like you're living at home, you know. And yeah, I always, and I always found that weird, um, that... 
you want to go camping, you want to go out in the woods, but you want to bring your entire house with you and live yeah. as if you weren't in the woods. So it's like almost, what's the point? Why don't you just sit at home and watch the freaking Discovery Channel? Well, you could just get a YouTube video of different scenes of nature streaming and you could almost get the same effect, right? Yeah. Like, like with VR nowadays, just put it on the VR YouTube and watch a freaking nature video. It's like Oculus there's probably, there's a 10 hour loop of literally anything on YouTube nowadays. So you could probably find a 10 hour loop of just somebody walking through the forest looking for Bigfoot. Oh, back to Squatch. And yeah, yeah, that's call why back. Tom goes. Yeah, call um, back. But, like, it'd be the same experience, you know, like bringing your RV because you, then you have, have all you your amenities. Have you seen how big some of them are? That's This one's only 28 feet long. So, as far as trailers go, it is not a huge one. And that was purposeful because <laughs> I don't want to tow something massive. Yeah. I just don't. The thing is not even like it's behind my truck. Yeah, it's not like a fifth wheel. Like, this is just a trailer. Yeah, it's just a travel trailer. And it was intentionally, I didn't want over 30 feet because I'm sorry, guys, towing something over 30 feet through any th town. Not a good time. No. Mm -mm. Especially, mm -mm. we took this to Canada. Or no, oh, wait, wonderful. I camped to Canada. My friends took a fifth wheel to Canada. In Canada, this is an FYI if you ever want to go camping up there, their gas stations are in their towns. You know, in America, we have truck stops. At yeah. least in Western Canada. I'm talking Alberta, BC. You're going to have to go right in the town to get to the gas station. Well, if you've got oh, a 35-foot RV plus your truck, you're looking at like 60 feet long. Not a good time when you're going to this little tiny gas yeah. station. Whereas in America, you know, we have these huge truck stops. It's not such a big deal. But anyway. Yeah, that's America. Just... Um, but I mean, America's always thrived on the trucking industry. Well, we have a ton of space it's here. one of the biggest industries in America. It is. Know. It has its own culture, which is so, pretty fun. So, of course, to facilitate that, they have these massive, like, truck stops everywhere. You know, like... 10 pump gas stations and all the foods you could ever want. Oh, yeah. I slept in Bathroom. one during a blizzard. A lot of them have showers now, you know. It's pay like 15. 50 cents. No, they're like $15 for a shower. Oh, they're I didn't freaking know that. expensive. I thought you just walked in there, put coins in it, and it was like on a timer. It used to be that way, but now they're oh. really costly. But they're also really nice showers, and I think they're safer. Like some truck stops Probably. when I was oh, a yeah. kid were super scary. Now oh, they're yeah. pretty nice. There are some interesting things that happen at truck stops. Well, I remember just traveling through Montana. Oh, uh, for when I worked at this company, we went and counted inventory at grocery stores and stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, they'd ship us through Montana to these small little towns to count these like little like, you know, mom and pop stores, too. And, yeah. uh, you know, I saw the most interesting truck stops sometimes. Mm -hmm. Montana you know? has some legendary. I met my first lady with a full beard there. She was super cool, but uh, it was blonde. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just a truck stop. It was on the um. It was near the Crow Native American Reservation. In oh, Europe. yeah. And, and it was really weird because it was an older one, and you had to turn sideways to go into the bathroom. But So I was a little close to the lady with the full blonde beard. And I oh, wanted boy. I wanted to ask her uh, some questions about like her Viking heritage because it was beautiful. I'm sorry. And I'm not mocking. It was beautiful. Uh, you got to love it, though. Well, it was gorgeous. And I was just like, I, I remember not staring because I was thinking about it, but I was like, wow. And I'm thinking about it right now. I'm sorry, people. Okay, anyway. <laughs> but anyway, back to, back camping, to camping and everything. So we keep, uh, we're going off the rails a little bit here, but it's uh It's because it's, it's summer and we're tired and we have children. Exactly. Yeah. Plus you, again, you just got back from camping, so. I did. I just figured it would be a great episode. Um, I don't have a lot of camping experience. I've only, only ever really been like, you know, four times probably. And it was always in an RV. Really? You've yeah. never actually Except tent camped? I did one time I went tent camping and it was amazing. But the whole time I just kept thinking, we're going to attract bears with our cooking oh well but we had bear mace and i wasn't that worried but like i still don't want to encounter a bear and that's something we have to bring up like there's in that elite level of camping where you're just out in the wilderness maybe with a tent mm -hmm. if you're lucky you know mm -hmm. um there are dangers to it mm -hmm. you know 
not just from falling off cliffs because you're trying to take a selfie. Uh, you have like bears and cougars are a big problem up here in the Pacific Northwest. Yep, and exposure gets a lot of people. Uh huh. And get... because camping has been kind of popular up here for the longest time, these bears and these cougars, uh, and even the moose, they know that we're out there now, and they know what kind of smells to look for for when we're cooking food, or you know where we throw our food garbage, or if we just leave something out on accident, or you have some hot dogs in your cooler and you leave the cooler out while you're sleeping in your tent. Yeah. They're going to come find that food. They can sniff it out, man. Their noses are insane. Well, in a lot of backcountry, like when I went up to navigation at the end of Priest Lake, they have bear lockers for your food. Oh, that's kind of smart. So you'll be out and there's no, there's no real amenities or like pit toilet, but there are these bear lockers because there's a lot of bears up at Priest Lake and Priest, um, up in that area. In fact, when we hiked back out, a bear and her cubs had just been there. And they, they tried to let everybody know because the people have been attacked up there. Yeah. And a lot of it is because people are being idiots. You, if you see... Well, um, yeah. You, you know what? The bear doesn't... If you're going to take a selfie... One of the stupidest things I ever saw is I was in uh, Banff, Canada. Like, that national park up there is one of the most amazing places ever to go. You should totally go. Um, we were driving along at 70 kilometers an hour. And then all of a sudden... All the cars just stop, and there's a huge traffic jam, and we're in the middle of the wilderness, and it was because there was a mama bear and two cubs, and people were literally running across the road in front of high-speed traffic to get a picture of these bears. Oh, my gosh. And so, I know people get excited. It's weird for me because well, I grew up with bears. people from the city just aren't around They're like, it. Yeah. bear, and, and it's like, it's cool, but you don't want to harass the animal trying to get your picture. It's no. like, you know, Well, I think one. part of that, I think, is uh, Disney. Yeah, Cartoonifies he, all these animals, like Winnie them. the Pooh, right? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, people, bears are not like Winnie the Pooh. No. They're not going to give you a hug. They're not like Yogi. Okay? They don't know what a, a freaking cell phone camera is. Okay? No. But they do know survival because they're very instinctive animals. So if you threaten them with your fancy little iPhone when you're trying to take a picture, they're going to literally tear you apart limb from limb and eat you from the asshole up. They don't care. And and the thing is, just the other day, it's not just bears either. A woman tried to get too close to get a selfie or whatever with a bison at Yellowstone, and yeah. she got mauled. And big hooved animals like moose and bison, they mm-hmm. will end you. Yeah, we're talking about something that weighs as much as a Dodge Ram truck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, but it's an animal, and it's alive, and it, if it gets scared... It's going to smash it's you. It's going to hurt you very badly, if not kill you. Well, and then self-awareness, it's like... I grew up with bears, and so I have a lot of actual real-life experience with animals that have never seen other humans, and um, they don't want to go out of their way to eat you or bug you. They don't but want to, But if you no. startle one, you better watch out. Yeah. You just... and, or and mess I'm with, sorry. If, the, if you mess with the maternal instincts of oh, almost oh, any dude. large animal like that out in the wilderness, like... Kiss your own butt goodbye if you get between mama and baby. You're, you're toast. You know, and we used to laugh. People will wear their bear bells little jingly bells <laughs> and and we called those dinner bells and then bear spray and all those things can be effective but i'm sorry a berserking bear grizzly or black not fun it's gonna probably do some damage to you unless you unload some buckshot right in its face and even then grizzly bears have you ever watched the revenant uh-huh. that's very accurate i i knew we were gonna bring up the revenant i well, love it it's very accurate though that uh, you know i'd never seen Leo. that movie and then i watched that scene and he that was a huge bore rifle he shot her with but you see uh-huh. he startled the bear you're going to get hurt. We're talking about pure adrenaline-based berserker mode, like, and a bear. Imagine, like, a truck with razor-sharp freaking claws on its paws, right? Mm-hmm. And... And big old r- teeth. Big, huge teeth. It's a carnivore. Well, omnivore, I guess, technically. Yeah, pig with hair. Yeah, but just imagine something that huge 
with literal killing devices attached to its body running at you like they can run as fast as a car yes they can like 30 miles an hour or more i chased a grizzly at 55 with the ford bronco just imagine it you're not gonna outrun it nope you're not gonna put up a fight against it it's going to just murder you like without a thought without a care it's just gonna do it that's it and then it's going to eat you with its face well, and this, and it doesn't care if you're. It's not gonna mercy kill you. You yeah. could probably still be alive. One of the no, again, they'll eat you from the asshole up. One of the best examples of the strengths of bears is when I lived in the logging camp. We had this tire, and there was a black bear hanging in there that one of the men had shot. I think it was a nuisance bear where it got too comfortable with humans and tried to get one of us. Yeah. So they're hanging him in there. The walls on the tire shop are huge, rough cut planks. I'm talking like two by tens. Two grizzly bears ran through the walls grabbed the bear off the hook, and then ran out through the walls on the other side. Yeah. Like, the walls weren't even there. They're the strongest animals I've ever seen. I. They're tanks. They are. They're and the they tank just... version of animals. And they're also not mean, and they're very inquisitive. Like, oh, yeah. you know, the bears used to pop all our basketballs, and they... I've been chased... <laughs> they wouldn't. They tried well, to bounce curious. on them. They are. Yeah. And I, I've been chased by bears. It was... More than once, and it's terrifying because you're 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 thinking in that well in that moment you don't you think. get into your own life or death. You're like, like it's I'm... two animals, pure instinct. Yeah, fight and... or flight. And if the bear decides to fight, you even if you decide to flight, it's just not going to end well normally. And so I don't understand people unless you have that you know take a, a unnecessary mechanism. risks with it. It's like respect that thing's space because it's not going to respect yours once it crosses uh-huh. that line. Again, it's not Winnie the Pooh. Okay? No, no. This isn't the hundred acre woods. Uh, all even right. deer can mess you up. That's uh-huh. <laughs> I've seen some deer stomping. I mean, so like, <laughs> so like one of the big danger, you know, big dangers of camping is wildlife, and you need to respect your wildlife when you're camping. Um, so you know, a way around all that is, I think, glamping. But oh, I don't. I, again, I'm holding off. I don't want to get into glamping yet. That, okay, you're not that's quite the ready. Real big rant. That that one um, is. But we're going to talk about that because there's one. still a couple more tears. Well, if you want the experience of camping, but not quite all the dangers of the wilderness, mm-hmm. campgrounds. Campgrounds are perfect, and that brings me to my next tier. Uh, in my mind, at least, I don't. I, there's no official ranking of these, okay? No, but and we're not so, degrading anybody that likes any of them. We like them all. I'm just having flashbacks now of summer camps. Oh lord! I don't know if I counted as camping, but it's called camp. That's organized group camping. Yeah, that counts. Um, so, but usually it's like a cabin full of bunk beds, right? Yep. Very like, very like uh, concentration hall. camp feeling. <laughs> and uh, institutionalized. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Most of them are religious based, you know, because that's kind of what funds the camps. Yeah. They're they're more, more like indoctrination scouts. in the woods in a way. Ooh, <laughs> I have been to a few of these. We could um, talk about this. <laughs> yeah, some okay. some of them are not, but most of them are, you know, religious indoctrination centers just centered in the woods. Um, but those are the only ones I have experience with. My sister did go to a uh, like a camp in. Like for school, okay, and, and I don't know if that was religious based or not, but you get as at least as a kid. I think mostly kids go to these, yeah, to kind of learn. You know the, let's have adult camping. summer camps. I totally yeah, just where I could go, that? like jump on a blob, ropes courses. Somebody cooks me food. Yeah, we need an adult summer camp. Maybe yeah, not, why a, not a cult that one. Maybe like, it not does a cult. Exist. Yeah, but I guess that would be a cult. Wouldn't <laughs> I don't it? want a cult. Isn't one. that just the KKK? Oh, Isn't that just adult summer camp? I don't know. Did you wear uniforms at the camp you went to? Uh, you know, the pointy hats kind of were a little the suspicious. KKK. Yeah. That's not the kind of camp <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking more of like 
something that served me hot dogs in a, like a good way. Yeah, I kind of like that idea Let's, better. If if I walked out there, all a, all of the experience of camp, none of the indoctrination of idealism. I think someone should start that. I would go. I'd pay. Okay, you pay a few hundred dollars to go to a hotel for a weekend. Why not go to camp? You don't have to. As a mom. To not have to plan all of yeah. the things re- required. That's okay, a good you have idea. kids. Send your kids to one camp. And you go to the grown-up one. And you one. go to the grown-up camp with all sorts of grown-up fun. If there was like a ropes course, yeah. wine time around a campfire at night, yeah. you know. Maybe you rent could... dirt bikes or quads. Oh, that'd be amazing. All sorts we, of stuff. Like, we need to uh, look that jet up. ski rentals and stuff like that. Basically, all the cool stuff adults can do. But like, why don't we have our own camp? This is crap. This is we can do a lot more than the kids can do. And you could get the cool tray, and then there'd be mm-hmm. instead of crappy camp, you know, like indoctrination center yeah. food, you could have actual good meals. And uh, an open bar would be nice too. Oh yeah. Every night at six, the open bar starts. You know, movie uh, night. This is starting to sound like sandals, all inclusive resort. Oh crap! But in right. the woods, <laughs> maybe yeah. there is adult you know, camps. I didn't even think about yeah. it. Hey, you know, we might have just found an open like uh, chunk of the market that hasn't been exploited. Well, and I just said that the millennials like organized group outings. Would that millennial adult yeah. summer camp could be a thing? Yeah, but there would have to be Wi-Fi. There would have to be. Yeah, you, millennials can't function without Wi-Fi. We can't. We or, <laughs> we or can't. five. I mean, thank God for five G, guys. Come, am I right? I thought that was so cancer. Get, be damned. We get yeah, we, we get, get cell phone service everywhere. High speed, you know. I thought that yeah. that was the source of all our ailments. Yeah, was if, 5G. if we can't That's what be the in, Verizon guy told me. If we can't be in the middle of nowhere and still watch Netflix, it just ain't right. Life is not worth living. Yeah. Elon yeah. Musk, hurry up and launch more of them Starlinks. I thought we were gonna do that. He was gonna do that whole space thing where we can get internet everywhere. That's what I mean. Yeah, get yeah. them, get That's them what, Starlinks up there, man. Come on. What is the holdup, sir? I know it's only new science, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be superhuman. Yeah, come on. It's just rocket science, man. Eat some more MCT oil and get on that thing yeah okay yeah so get back your to tropics on man. <laughs> Neutro- oh my yeah. gosh we are gonna do a whole episode about anti-aging and that is gonna come in there because <laughs> i like dave asprey that man is amazing yeah he experienced on experiments on himself like you know most people experiment on other people and then use that, the that would be of a, it. usually that's ideal in case something but he goes does wrong. it to himself he's yeah. willing to take the risk because he believes it so much he's and a I feel, human lab yeah, rat i i'm kind of in an admiration of such thing well in fact, it's honorable if you think about it, it really like you is. know the the nazis did human experiments on the jews yeah. That's not okay. That wasn't honorable. But, to but do if it on you're going to do it to yourself, then there's something honorable about it's that. It's like all the volunteers right now for the Rona vaccine. It's like they're yeah. volunteering to do it themselves. Yeah, we got a shout out to that. You guys are amazing. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I hope I, that we get some good results from that. People that take the risk without objectifying or subjecting other people to it, without I kind of admire them. I think they're cool. Yeah. yeah. And that brings us back, back to, to camping to, to because camping. Uh, that's one of the people that do that is Bear Grylls. Just okay. for our entertainment on Discovery Channel. He goes out and, and he lives on that first tier of camping where it's just, uh, you know, That's let's like filter. Let's just, we don't even, he doesn't even filter the pee, you guys. He just drinks it. Well, He's just it, like, I, I don't even have to do this, but I'm going to drink the zebra pee to stay alive. It's like, a, is that good? <laughs> I feel like it would just not be a good time. When I look at a zebra, I'm like, you know what? That thing drags its dong on the ground. Yeah, do but I really if it's life or death, that? man, like no other, well, you're in the Africa wilderness and like there's no water around unless you want to drink alligator crap. Yeah. Well, and also the pee would be safer than drinking the actual. I don't water. even know if I'm. I, I might be completely inaccurate. Is there alligators in Africa, or is that just crocodiles? It's crocodiles. Alligators are here. Regardless, you're going to be drinking things you don't want to drink. So well, I I, wouldn't sh- you rather just drink a zebra pee? Didn't you? It's have sterile. A, I guess it would. Well, as I said, there'd be Maybe some don't... sort of like single-celled amoeba in the water, whereas at least the zebra pee it's filtered through. Yeah. 
And Why you were we talking about dragging its dong. Like, you're not going to be drinking it from the dong. Like, yeah, but the like, stuff gets on it, though. It was not a straw. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Gosh, that was a bad visual image. I'm sorry. Anyways, look at my new custom straw. You're talking about elitism. <laughs> you know, can we market those? those <laughs> there's those... enough poaching already, Because in California, there's, yeah. you know, no plastic straws in California. I got my new can you? Can you uh, this is the organic uh, zebra dong straws. It's fully biodegradable. Yeah, 49. Nine ninety nine for a ten pack. You get to use it for a month. No, oh, crap. that's going to encourage idea. poaching. That's what I said. There's enough poaching. Yeah, poaching, man. Well, don't cut sh- off any zebra dongs. That's not what we're advocating. Come we're on, just talking guys. about the silliness of things. Yeah. Well, I was watching. My son was watching. What was it? Running Wild with Bear Girl. It was one of those survival shows where you had celebrities on. Oh yeah. And they were doing stuff. Kind of like Naked and Afraid. Yes, it was like that. But oh, they... that's its own tier of camping. That is as I well. Yeah, that, and that's okay. You can digress. Well, I just watched the Eight a Two Day Old Rat. And I don't know if I've ever been that hungry. Like, it looked a little, it looked like a little squishy, yeah. and it had a little bit of a scent to it. I could smell it through the TV, this yeah. two-day-old rat. I'm like, mm, Yeah, you kind of know what you're, yeah. mm, But again, isn't if there you're, some if cedar you're, uh, roots somewhere? I if know. you're starving, like, I, I, I play a lot of Minecraft. Okay. And for all of you people who know Minecraft, uh, rotten flesh is a food source in the game. This is true. And, uh, yeah, it has, uh, you know, negative effects, but it does satiate your hunger. Yeah, but Although, it's thank God, we don't have zombies running around our woods yet. Uh, and that's another thing. If you eat uncooked wild game meat, hence the pandemic we're in. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, you better cook um, stuff. Fire's par- Parasites important. are real. Yeah. 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 Things cross the blood-brain barrier that you don't want Yeah, you guys and... think the coronavirus is bad. Go ahead and go eat raw bear. Well, not, is it a prion? There's, like, there's yeah, they yeah, have. Oh my oh, god, uh, yeah. Uh, we uh, could go on all day about yeah, that, but that's another. Cook your food, people. Thing. Yeah, if you're cook if your you're food. if you're an avid camper and you happen to be one of those ones that hunt, you know. Um, no wilderness. I believe they're called hunters, as, right? I I was just saying no wilderness poke. Just okay? don't cook eat raw food. meat. Okay, raw fish is one thing. Sushi's delicious. Let's just admit it. But I don't know if you want to go eat raw deer. Like there's so many problems oh, with no. it. No. Also, maybe everyone should pack a lemon in their backpack. A little acid. Oh, yeah, there yeah, you yeah, go. yeah, we yeah, just yeah. Keep What is that called where, the, where acids cook a food? Well, I... Like ceviche? Yeah, well, that's what I said. Mm. No poke. No wilderness yeah. poke. I think just cooking your food is a better idea. Mm-hmm. You know, if you kill a little rabbit, just cook And, the food. Uh, yeah, so that brings us to campfires. Yeah, fires. Uh, extremely important and, um, you know... It's just kind of like a trope when you're camping. You have to have a campfire. Except for And you got to have your season. s'mores. I did promise we were going to talk about the viscosity of marshmallows, right? <gasps> oh, how do you like to eat your marshmallows, okay? Do you like it black? Oh, it's as... got to be a bit black. I don't like the whole thing just completely charred. But a little part of it's got... You got to have a little bit of that carbon flavor. I mean, come on. No, I am a golden brown person. I like to roast mine until it is so perfectly gooey on the inside that when I smush it onto the s'more, because come on, mm-hmm. that's how we're going to eat it, that it just like explodes out the side. And yeah. I wear half of it on my face. Yeah, of course. No. Yeah. The part, of the, part of the marshmallow culture is wearing it. You need I to. Uh, if it's on purpose, that's one thing. Most of the time, it will just drop onto your clothes, whether you like it or not. You'll have that one marshmallow. It's turning out perfect. You're rotating it. You pull it up to eat it, and it just fucking falls off. Oh, I hate that so much. Or and like, then you're you... sticky, and you attract bears. And part like of camping week. too is to have enough marshmallow patches on you that you have a contingency, or what is it, 
a legion of ants. Yes. You want to have the ants on you. If you guys want to train your own army of ants, you yes. know, start with roasting marshmallows. Because uh, you S'mores will... are a good uh, negotiating tactic when it comes to uh, soldier ants. Well, and you also usually have some watermelon juice on you, too. Yeah. So if it's dripped down your arms and then you have those, like, nice black streaks of dirt coming on there, then you also have, uh, like, all sorts of other bugs. You could start a bug army. Like, Ant-Man yes. probably wasn't Ant-Man because he shrunk. It was because he ate marshmallows. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I always kind of wanted my own army of yellow jackets. Really? I don't know how that would work, but if I had a superpower, or if I could choose a superpower, one one option uh, probably in the top five would be to be able to control yellow jackets. I just thought that'd be really cool. Like, if you have an enemy, you just send a swarm of like fucking just, hornets at them. Like, mind melt with the jackets? And yeah. Like... Imagine if you could control the murder hornets. With your I, mind. I'm not super... I love honeybees, but yellow jackets are murderous fiends. I guess if yeah, you wanted a are. weapon, that would be cool. Yeah. They're so mean, though. God. I got nailed by five of those last year. It's not a good time. <sighs> That's another camping trope. Yeah. The, the, the bugs. The bug bites. I mean... Uh, <laughs> I have a superpower. It's, it's, it's bad enough up here. We just have some yellow jackets or some hornets or some ants. We to don't worry have about. all mosquitoes the bugs in the or, south know. that everybody has, like chickens. Think about and all, stuff. God. Can you go camping in the Amazon and, and try to come back alive? No. Oh, well, I think that's a pass fell thing. And I don't even think like raid works anymore, or like no. that off. What is that called? Off. I need the a... bug spray that makes you supposedly invisible to mosquitoes. That don't work no more. The only way I go camping in the Amazon is if I had a small scale nuclear weapon. Yeah. Just blow up. <laughs> I'd sleep right in the radioactivity too. Sorry, I've watched. I've I can just imagine the marketing campaign for that. I'm sorry. Well, I was just gonna tell you about my superpower. Mosquitoes don't bite me, and so all of you people <laughs> up here who go outside and they're like getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. I have Bob, Jerry, and Fred. They land on me and they just hang out. Yeah. And so I always felt They're so bad. just a big warm tree to them. I don't know. I think I'm yeah. evil, and they just don't eat evil. But yeah. my dad's the same way, so I think it's genetics. Oh yeah. But sorry, I didn't mean to go thermonuclear. I just, there are so many bad things. There's oh, a little on. fish that when gets you, in you and you eats can, you from the inside out. If you can go thermonuclear, always go thermonuclear. Come yeah, on. I'm deploying the nuke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> welcome to America, everybody. We like nuclear weapons. We do. Uh, we do. We have a lot of them. We were the only ones that ever used one in warfare, so. We are not nice. Hello. People. Yeah. <laughs> but we will. Sorry. Go, but we love to camp. Sorry, not sorry, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's so, an ethical discussion. It's a divisive thing. We'll have to. I know, we're trying to... Uh, it's actually only a few weeks ago that it was uh, the anniversary of us dropping the nukes. Yeah. Man, we've gone off the rails. But anyway... Um, it's my fault. Uh, I noticed that much like almost everything you say on social media, that was a pretty divisive subject with people. Yeah. There were some people apologizing and there were some people saying, oh, I'm glad we dropped those nukes. And then it was like this big argument I saw on Twitter when I was just trying to post I the show stuff. Oh, well, it is Twitter. Yeah. Like, nobody can be so, yeah. you know, cordial. Yeah. Except for writers. Writers are cordial. I've noticed Facebook is more, like, shit posting mm -hmm. with their arguments. There's some real genuine arguments on there, but most of the time it's just people shit posting each other, trying to one-up each other. It's yeah. almost, I get a little bit of vibes of early 4chan going on on Facebook. Really? Now... All of the real stuff goes on on Twitter, man. That's like... Uh, I thought that was like the WWF deathmatch of yeah. the internet. Is Twitter, because it's the small little, you know, it's like a bar fight kind of. Yeah. You get up in each other's face and it's just little sound bites back and forth. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, I, and the reason I bring that up is because not only are people divided over, um, you know, nuclear weapons, uh, I guarantee we're going to start some arguments about the marshmallow consistency. Oh, yeah. Are you like are you team golden brown? Or are you team, team char? Superchard? Or do you not even like s'mores? Are you a vegan? 
Are marshmallows vegan friendly? But marshmallows are vegan. Aren't are they, they just made out of corn syrup and sugar? I don't know. Corn is a living thing. Are they are they starting to get against vegetables do nowadays? Do we need vegan marshmallows? How far does the vegan vegan. hole go? Oh, I you know what? We might have offended some people and I'm really not sorry I don't care. right now. No. <laughs> like, I, I think no matter what you do, you're going to offend people. You could be the wokest person in the entire universe. And just that very nature of that will offend people on That's its own. That's because being woke is about being a narcissist. Uh-huh. And I, I'm, I'm sort of annoyed right now. We're going to do a gatekeeping episode as well because we're super annoyed right now at all of that stuff because it's just irritating. Right. The only reason we're talking about this is because I already know camping is going to be divisive just like everything else. Yep. So bring the division, um, people. I'm gonna do a poll on our. In fact, yeah, I'm gonna on our Instagram. I'll do our first official yeah. poll. It's gonna be: Do you like charred uh-huh. or golden brown? Golden brown. Or do you just hate marshmallows and want to throw them at humans? Because I also like marshmallow guns. Yeah, marshmallow guns are awesome. Yeah. In fact, that should be in everybody's survival kit. And also, if you're gonna you can't go, out go camping your, without a marshmallow. If you're gonna go gun. bear grills camping. You can't even do it without a marshmallow gun. Come it might on. save your life. Yeah. Because you can throw the entire gun at Smokey when he's chasing you, and he'll probably stop for it. <laughs> oh, I do have something, though. Tip. If you have children, take a dirty diaper, a pamper, and a Ziploc baggie, and I can guarantee you if a bear is chasing you, chuck that sucker at him, it'll stop and eat the diaper. It is their favorite thing oh, in the can, whole world, dirty diapers. Can we market pre-filled dirty diapers? Because I have an abundance of those I know my, you do. for my 11-month-old <laughs> You've now. got some nice vintages. My I'm God. Sure. Yeah. And the stores have run out of diaper pail bags. Are you serious? Yeah. And uh, so, uh-oh. you know, One, that's the stench, first world, man, the That's stench. first world problems, If that people, stench I'm is sorry. bad enough for my nose... A bear can smell food from a mile away, and it doesn't even have to be downwind. Well, when I was a kid in Alaska, we had open dumps on the island that I lived on, and the bears, they the bears. love pampers. Yeah. Oh, man. It, they, <clears throat> there can be an elk carcass fresh in a pamper, and that bear is going to go for the pamper every time. Maybe it's just a novel smell. I think it's pre-digested. They smell, they smell dead animals all the time, and they can smell something new like human feces. I, they're, I don't they're, know. Again, they're very curious, inquisitive animals. And they love themselves some, uh, what is that, plastic products Silicone. with poo? I, believe what do they make I believe diapers, diapers are made of the same thing as breast implants. Gross. Yeah. Is it the absorption But it's just little, little balls instead of giant uh, pouches. Well, maybe they like the extra chew. I don't know. I think back when I was a kid, diapers still it. had plastic on I, them. I, I don't just... even want to imagine. Like, uh, my, my daughter, Kara, she ripped open a diaper when she was probably like nine months old. Mm-hmm. And it was, happened to have been full diaper. Gross. So all those little silicone things were oh, yeah, sw- like, swollen up with pee. And they were just gross. Oh, they get everywhere. And then they, they cling to things. I don't know why or how. But when they're wet, they cling to things, and you can't freaking get them off. I tried to vacuum it. It was bad. I had to sit there and pick up hundreds or thousands of these little balls. That sounds horrifying. Yeah, so, like, imagine eating that. Oh. Uh, makes, you know, that we're, we're offending you. people that wear cloth that diapers can't be right good now, for, Yeah. I, yeah, to all you um, Earth lovers, I don't blame you. Diapers are bad for the environment. They don't biodegrade. You know what? Cloth ones use in a crap ton of water to clean. So yeah. there could be... So, I don't know if somebody has done a study on which one is better. I kind of wonder st- if it's a would job. It, would it matter? Do people listen to studies anymore? Objective fact is just not real anymore. Well, I think a lot of it is you have to... People are just going to go off their gut in, their gut feelings anymore. I think as long as you care and you're making an effort, you're a pretty cool person. It's when you get all elitist and you think you're better than everyone else that I have a problem with you. Yeah. Because we're all kind of in this together. And, and we'll, <laughs> we'll try to loop that back to camping. So elitism. Yeah. That's what's going to divide you. Uh, are you a Bear Girls camper? Or are you a glamper? Or are you somewhere in between? Or are you like, like circa 1960s? What's your favorite type yeah. of camping? I promised my wife I would talk about this, and I don't know if she's going to like it or not. Uh, she's the kind of person who, 
she likes the outdoors, but she refuses to camp without somewhere to shit that isn't like, you know, a log. She wants an actual toilet. Yeah, she doesn't want to wipe her ass with a pine cone. You know, that's why we have the one percenter trailer is my husband was in the military and mm-hmm. he had to sleep in foxholes and he's like, I'm not sleeping on the ground. I'm not paying to go uh-huh. somewhere and sleep on the ground and poop on a log again. There may not be such a thing as an atheist in a foxhole, but constipation is a real thing. Well, and apparently there's a, a certain kind of place to poop. Like, that's a whole nother topic. Military, it's a very important thing to learn to have these special places to go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. Because sometimes after not eating MREs for like two weeks, you can only go once every 14 days or something. I don't know. Anyways, so yeah, your wife doesn't like to camp in, because you have to not have any comforts. She right. like She's a 21st she's century gotta gal. You have a little bit of amenities, yeah. Well, okay. Whereas me, like... If I decide to go camping, I'm not going to care all that much. Like I, I don't want like it to dirty. be I want it to be completely different from my experience living at home because that would be the entire point of going out in the woods and living even if it's for a couple days is to not be at home to so, experience life as a barbarian. <laughs> so camping for you is like getting in touch with your internet yeah. with all DNA. It's like, like I, I, I kind of want to put a loincloth on and go full fucking Tarzan. Do you get? I'm just had a vision of you chasing my dogs around. Get over here! I'm hungry. Yeah, I, I really, I really want to like get in touch with my my Neanderthal. I don't even know if I'm part Neanderthal. Uh, I think we all have that DNA. Yeah, but uh, like I, I want to get in touch with my my inner barbarian. So and, you want to go like old school camping? Yeah, camping yeah. to you is like the idea is just getting completely out of your environment and doing something. Yeah, back to nature and like no comfort zone, guys. So you want to? It's not supposed to have a comfort zone. That's so you're the whole point. somewhere between survival and backcountry. You yeah. Wanna, like you would be one of the ones that would go with a tent and a campstone and a cooler, right? Yeah. Like because you need your food and. And again, I've only ever roughed it camping once. Oh well, I've done my but... favorite camping. If I'm gonna go camping, camping is to put my backpack on with food I don't have to cook and my hammock. Yeah. And I go camp in the woods. The the only reason I've only uh, went camping once was because. Uh, it's just expensive. Like, you have to get time off work True. to go do it. Oh. And even though you're just living off the land for a week or whatever, it's like you still you have your home back at home, and that needs to be paid for. Mm-hmm. So it's not always feasible to just go out and camp in today's society. It ha- That's another thing. We're talking about elitism. It's kind I don't of a, make passive income yet, so... It's a wealthy person thing, though. Some levels of camping, like... Because I, when I was younger and had little kids, we didn't go camping. Right. Or we slept out in the yard because I lived in the woods. We'd do that a lot for fun. Yeah, I did that I did that a couple times as a kid just because we had the tents. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to go sleep in the backyard. Oh, yeah. I slept and it was my... completely safe. Like, talk about comfort zone. Yeah. Soft, cushy grass under my ass. Yeah. <laughs> I slept in my grandma's yard every summer, all summer when we put in hay. I never slept in the house. We slept in her cushy grass. Yeah, she had nice turf. Yeah. And we slept in the tent. Yeah. It was cool. And it's like, it's weird... People want to go out and, and have these camping experiences, but they bring their one percenter trailers, mm-hmm. and they're sitting there watching Jeopardy in the wilderness. And it's like I want the experience where you go out and you tell stories around the campfire, you know, the See, the old school human experience, you know, before any technologies. Well, it's like maybe some tools. I'd like to have some tools. Tools are important. It's, it's a lot easier to like you know cut firewood. Yeah. With a, at least a knife. Well, and if, <laughs> you know, I don't want to have to smash stones and make a primitive act. Like I love the game Minecraft, but I don't want to do it in real life. Uh, it takes a it's lot. It's a lot more, more work. exhausting than yeah. hitting, hitting the square button on your PS4 controller. I mean, come on. And that's another thing with camping. You know, I think you're right about. There's these different levels of it because the one percenter camper to me, this is a hotel room on wheels. Yeah. That is what I consider it. Where I and don't this have, isn't even glamping. 
No. But well, this is we fancy might need to stay into fampin'. that or it's going to have to become another yeah, episode. This is, this is fampin' because uh, this is fancy camping. But let's let's go ahead and just segue into glamping because, yeah, we're at, we're, we might go over an hour on this. Sorry, guys, whatever. Yeah. Um, sorry, not sorry, but we're going to talk about glamping now. And we that's need probably going to gonna take glamping. a while because I have mixed feelings on glamping. I feel like glamping is just a luxury hotel room out in a tent. Yeah, we're talking five-star resort, but with more trees around you. Well, and it's just the ultimate in one percent of life. Like I just was yeah. reading this morning, my iPad dinged at me, and it was talking about what was it, Kardashian and Kanye. They were trying to repair their marriage by they rented out this entire ranch, glamping ranch in Colorado for thirty four thousand or no forty three thousand a night. So just think about that. Like the entire yearly income of a middle, mm-hmm. a lower middle class person, just a night, just to stay in a tent. Yeah. But then I think it's not just a tent. I looked at the pictures. There's like a full bathroom. You have all of these amenities. I, I don't know what it is about one percenters and wood stoves. I have a wood stove to stay warm, but it's like a novelty to them. Uh-huh. Is it because it's old City school? people. What is it about wood stoves with them? City people who are used to the one percenter life. I have a wood stove because the power goes out every uh-huh. year and it's free they heat. Don't, they, these people that glamp, they don't want to have the barbaric experience that I crave. They want to just basically live like they're living lavishly. Oh, but yeah. for whatever reason, just in the forest. I don't understand. Just Why can't you just have a mansion in the wilderness? It doesn't make sense to set up all these weird things. That It's like a very rough like camping simulator, I guess. Well, and that's what it but is. you it's guys like have camping's... to see the pictures. You'll know what we're talking about. We'll link we're to gonna, the article. Yeah, so we're going to link to the article, and I'll, I'll put some screenshots up on our Facebook or something in our Twitter. Well, so you then... got to see this freaking camp, like the way they were camping. Like It's pretty much like there's tile flooring in the tent. How does yes. that make any sense? Well, and then they have spas. What do you Most mean tile floor for? Like, you're out in the dirt. The camp camping is no. supposed to be dirty, I thought. No, it's anchored into the bedrock. Like, they repeated I, that a lot. What I'm going to guess is they didn't get any marshmallow on their on their freaking Gucci clothes or whatever. Well, and how Whatever are you, Kanye wears, I don't know. Maybe is it just so instead of smelling the urine in the city on the sidewalks, you're instead <laughs> smelling, like, the birch trees? Like, what about it doesn't... <laughs> Can't you just get a Yankee candle? Oh, my gosh. Isn't that glamping? I just got... sit in your mansion with a Yankee, just couple wait, Yankee candles. Ever, in the bathtub, get candles. a birch one and a cedar one. It's yeah. like, I'm glamping. Yeah. Go to Home Depot. Okay. Buy some cedar and uh, get it wet. I think that and it's then more... you'll have you'll have the same experience as You're glamping. You're not experiencing anything with uh-uh. the Yankee candle. You I just don't understand to... glamping. Um, another link I'm going to try to remember to post is uh, there's this... YouTube channel called Doper Nope where they just review products. Mm-hmm. And it's usually just kind of absurd products. Okay. And they did a whole episode on glamping. And some of these things, man, oh my God. And we're talking about like poor people glamping too. Not like well, yeah, not glamping. like Kanye, $43,000 a night. No, there's a lot of them that are in the two to 300 a night range. That's yeah. glamping. So you're thinking more upper middle class. And yeah. They have yoga classes. Yeah. Um, somebody will come by in a UTV and take you out for guided hikes. Yeah. It's a big deal. And it's a huge deal right now. It's the number one trend in camping right now, glamping. Yeah, is. Well, I just don't understand. Is it, is it just because they're trying to conform the camping culture to like the 21st century? I don't know. Glamping to me, I would feel kind of wasteful, yeah. and that's just because I'm a weirdo. Yeah, I that's don't know. the whole thing. It's like, but it's like, um, you know, especially in America, we've grown accustomed to a certain lifestyle, where even our our, you know, our poverty is is quite lavish, really compared to like a third world country. Well, like I'd even if I was ever going to be homeless, I'd rather be homeless in America for sure than anywhere else. But if I was ever homeless, I would probably find some state land and just live off the land instead of being in a city. 
And yeah. again, that's the camping experience I want. Yeah. Well, that's and that's, basically just be homeless, but in the woods. <laughs> There's a lot it's... more like things to live on than begging for change on the freeway. Ooh. So I feel like it would. Just, I would just take more responsibility for myself if I was homeless. But like glamping is like a whole other thing where like. Again, tile floors in a tent, it doesn't make any sense, but that's the culture of glamping. Well, and you know, glamping is not new. There's no, a history of glamping. Safari culture, the rich have been doing glamping for a long time. Yeah. The aristocracy in England are very, very good at it. And their their safari camps, even in the 1800s, are what glamping is modeled after now, except yeah. for obviously they have Wi-Fi now. But they, yeah. They had these huge tent cities. They still have them. You can look at them if you look online. And I think that that's a lot of what glamping is modeled after is everybody's trying to be a one percenter. Uh-huh. And I don't, I like comforts. I love the 21st oh, you know century. What? I want my dishwasher. But on the flip side, there's a lot of uh, logistics and waste that go into camping like yeah. that. A dishwasher should not be part of camping. You think that you should just eat off yeah. of, you know, a lot like, of times. You shouldn't even have Dawn soap with you at all. But again, this is my opinion, and this is why it's divisive. Like, well, and I think that I I kind of look down on glamping a little bit, just because it's like this. I just don't see the point. That's all. I kind of feel it's glamping. not camping. It's glamping. I feel like can't. I feel like glamping Glam- is if you just. Don't, if, sorry, we said glamping a lot. It means glamorous camping. Yes, and it also is not just intense. There's glamping little like they like to. Re- it started with there's this Mary Jane's farm thing. Yeah. And. They have little trailers, you know, the little cutesy ones from the 50s and 60s, and they remodel them. And so they have, like, it's like a set design, and that's glamping, mm. too. Like, it has it has to have a look to be glamping. Me, I'm usually 42 shades of dirty when I'm camping, because I, I don't mm-hmm. mind getting dirty. I think yeah, that's Even with your one percenter trailer, like, that's basically, you're probably just going to spend most of your time in the camper itself sleeping. Yeah, you don't use it. Well, you know what it is? Because if you're going to be out, why not be outside? Well, like last weekend when I was up on the Pack River for three days, I was only in here to sleep and grab things out of the fridge. The whole rest of the time, yeah. I'm out. We I have no problem. If you're going to be out for a few weeks, definitely have a fridge. But you need electricity to run a fridge, and that, you know, comes... I don't... It goes hand in hand with, a, you know, having a camping trailer. I kind of don't Some consider my RV and... camping, though. That's my thing. RVing, to me, is different. It's like a hotel yeah. room on wheels. But that's, to me, that's my own opinion. Um, whereas camping is you go out and you get dirty, you don't have running water. Yeah. You know, and that's maybe our Get opinions. in touch with nature. Is it because of where we live, our opinions are maybe skewed a little bit? Because I, I think find... it might be, because, again, I'm not... Like, I grew up in the city, but I've always kind of been more towards the outdoorsy type. When I grew up in the wilderness, and, and I just, yeah, I can't. It was normal for family members of mine to be living in the woods for multiple months at a time. We also right. had elk camp. That's the hashtag you know. Alaska life. Yeah, and, and northern Washington. Yeah. Like, that, that well, was... There, there's a reason, like, the Discovery Channel is pretty much just Alaska shows. Well, and a lot of the... Oh, that is another topic we're going to talk about. A lot of the Alaska shows, I actually know some of the people and grew up with them. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. That is a pet peeve of mine. But anyways, the, that's it. But people some of are it like, is not I think, accurate. I think we glorify, you know, the camping experience. But then we want to go out and, and glamp. Well, and what is it about glamping? All I can think of is a lot of people. I think it's an exclusive thing. Like you can say, oh, I was at this resort and we totally just watched the stars. And oh yeah, by the way, I had a tiled bathroom in my tent. Uh huh. How? How is that? That's ridiculous. Authentic. The closest thing to glamping I'll ever do is maybe bring like an inflatable couch camping. Just because, like, Ooh. I mean, really, the ground is hard. It hurts. Well, just the camping chair. You can chair. only sit on it for so long. The camping chairs are all right, but like, 
We I had, just like inflatable couches. They're so comfy. We had an inflatable couch at 4-H camp, uh-huh. and it's really, really fun also to have gigantic heathen children, and you sit on it, and yeah. they bounce on the couch and launch you. It's also yeah. like a weapon. Like so the blob. I freaking love the blob. Again, we need to, we need we need adult, to start oh, adult oh, summer camp. Please, whoever is out there listening uh-huh. that's like a venture capitalist, start adult summer camp. And we'll, I'll go. We'll have different sections of the camp where if you want to be a glamper, mm-hmm. we'll have a real one percenter experience. And you just pay extra. Otherwise, you get the normal summer camp experience, but with cool adult amenities instead of like, okay, we're going to do Bible study at 7 in the morning, and then we're going to have a big big plate of spaghetti, and then we're going to go out and hike. I wanted No, go... we're going to have jet skis and dirt bikes and freaking fun to in a bar. Camp. I was too poor to go to camp when I was a kid. A lot of my friends got to go, but I never did get to because I didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. I went and did work at camps when I was an older, like young adult for youth camps. I was like the cooking one and stuff, and but I would love to have that experience, and I think there might be a lot of people like us that would like it. Mm-hmm. I think that needs to be think because yeah, glamping. I if I want to go to a spa or any of those things, I'm probably just gonna go to a fancy, nice hotel. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. That's the thing. Like, yeah, why don't you just go to a, like a hotel and be and just do that? But you can't smell the like, birch. If you're as rich as Kanye West, you could just buy a hotel for God's sakes. Well, he did pretty much buy. Let the alone, ranch. you can go stay in like the fanciest hotels. But a ranch, like if you want the outdoor experience, Kanye, here's my advice. Just go outside. Or Don't bring a, a freaking mansion with you, a mansion tent. I feel like there are also ranches that need to bring in their cattle for winter pasture that you could just go stay on one for free and do labor. And then you could get the mm-hmm. whole authentic experience. Go work on a farm. Yeah, we can always go stay do on a farm. Go, go find a ranch. Ranches always need ranch hands. Well, because that's just maybe that's why glamping rubs us the wrong way. Is it's not authentic. There's not even when you that's camp the in whole RV. Thing, it, yeah. it's, it's it's kind of like it's, it's like, like you're skirting what camping it's actually. It's so is. disingenuous. Yeah, maybe to, it, to even think about to me. You know, I sort of feel like someone in the late industrial age that's like railing against the rich talking about this. I honestly don't care if you want to glamp, and maybe someone needs to yeah. talk to us about it. And they yeah, like I'm it. not trying to bash it. you guys. It's but I just personally don't like that culture. Well, and that's just it. I'm more of a minimalist. I don't need mm-hmm. a lot of things. I don't. Ha- in fact, if you look around my farm, all of the things I have are to do work, with the exception of this. And I actually bought this because my children show animals, so it is a tool. Because I, I did sleep on the ground for a week, and at fair, I would walk forty to ninety miles yeah. a year. Well, it- you're talking about you know staying at a fairgrounds. Yeah, where in there's the dust. not a hotel. Oh gosh, it was. Well, and that's what I'm saying. It was all utilitarian. Utilitarian. That's kind of how I am. And so, but people that like toys fine mm-hmm. i like you said we would like a jet ski to rip around but honestly sometimes i like to just sit and enjoy the quiet that's my favorite part of camping there's a surreal like uh there's a serenity to it let's just put it that way it's very relaxing and calm to just sit there no responsibilities other than yes. like stay alive don't don't fuck with the bears yeah and you just sit there and enjoy the nature sounds and the quiet and the fresh air with all the trees producing oxygen around you and you just, it, it's like a, it gives you like a perspective, especially when I, you know, grow up, in, grew up in the city. No, always noisy. Any chance I got to go out in the woods, I took it because it was like so, yeah, there's so much noise in the city. Yeah. And I think it kind of just messes with your, your primal instincts to have all the city noise. And you go out into the wilderness and you just feel like you belong. You And it's relaxing and you're sitting, let's say you're by a lake, you're just sitting by a lake enjoying it. You know, yeah, I love it. Well, I want it now. <laughs> that I can't was what I did. Camping again. My um, my favorite one is when I was in my hammock and it was two a.m. and I was awake because of the bear. But after he went away, it was a meteor shower. Yeah. And I laid there oh, and just watched yeah. the meteors all night, and it was so relaxing and peaceful. And I didn't have yeah any responsibilities. And so maybe that's 
the allure of glamping is some people just really do like the extra amenities and then also they want to be out because a lot of the glamping places are beautiful mm -hmm. i mean i don't dislike them that could be it maybe it's just people used to a certain lifestyle and maybe we haven't experienced that and we don't understand it. Maybe I have been it, some yeah. really fancy places in my life just because yeah. of some of the people I know. And to me, I always feel a little uncomfortable. Like I said, growing up when we went camping, we had an RV. Mm -hmm. It was either our RV or when we, when we before we had an RV, our uncle had an RV. And uh, I didn't spend a, almost any time at all in the RV other than sleeping. I was always out and about. And I would have rather had a tent, but we didn't have one. We just had the RVs. Yeah, so, me. But we always went to campgrounds because that's where you hook your RV at. It's not like we went in the middle of nowhere. I and at the campgrounds, they have like a little convenience store and a laundromat and showers. And it's like, I, really it wasn't the camping. Experience. I tried to walk away from the campground and go to the lake and just sit by the lake and be, you know, or just go hiking through woods where there was no trail because I wanted to get away from that. I was like, I might as well have stayed home and played video games if I'm going to be at a campground. Well, and it's all the noise. Yeah, I grew up around not people, so campgrounds were fascinating to me because I got yeah. to be around other people. Whereas now, as I'm older, I'm like, I don't want to be around 6,000 people. I want to go out people. alone, man. Yeah, so you might be more of a backcountry or authentic yeah. camper. I think I just like the isolation of it. Which And the oh the the night sky is unbelievable no noise. Yeah, no light when there's pollution. no light pollution. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the night sky without light pollution, you're missing out. Oh, and desert camping? The night sky oh. in the desert is insanity. I love it so much. We stayed at um, the Air Force Base there by White Sands, and it's not a real big one. So the night sky was just mm -hmm. so nice. It's unbelievable, and it, it, you really feel so small when you yes. see it. If you have never seen the Milky Way belt night sky, you guys, come on. Our ancient people, that's all they saw every single night. And we're missing out on that. A lot of people have never even seen it. I've only seen it once, personally, because really? we I was out in the desert. Oh. It wasn't camping, by any means. We were out... Uh, one of my uncles is pretty wealthy and he owns a pretty lavish mobile home out off of this river in, in Arizona, but there was no light pollution at night. So the, sky is the entire sky just lights up. It's like, watch, it's like something out of a painting. Yeah. Like you're inside a painting. It's amazing. In Alaska, it was that way. There's and no street lights. I think that's my nothing. favorite part of camping is at night mm -hmm. when the campfires start to die down, the energy's lower. Everybody's less excited about the whole experience. You're and full the, because the s'mores, you ate all that food. You're all yeah. you're all sugar high from the s'mores, and but then it's like you get to just look up, lay there, and look up, and just you know not have any worries and stress in life, and then you get this just weird existential feeling. Like sometimes it's a crisis. I've had one time where it was an existential crisis. Hmm. The yeah. first time I ever saw like the night sky the way it's supposed to be. Did it upset you? Um. I wouldn't, I don't know if it upset me necessarily, but it put me in perspective, like, we are freaking small. Even, um, even our giant rock we live on is small compared, compared to, to the universe out there. And I can't wait to do our space episode because I love, I just love it. Do you think that that's why so many of us are angry and such huge jerks right now is we are out of touch with our smallness? Like everybody I think is it so self-important yeah. because with our smallness and our, and we're our, always tuned into each other all the time. Yeah. We don't have reflective time because I will hear, you know, we just built that deck. Mm -hmm. My goal in life is to go out in the morning. I like quiet time in the morning, too. Mm -hmm. And I just look at coffee. the cows. Coffee and cows. Mm -hmm. And it's just silent. And I can think... But then my problem is, is I go on these brainwave things, which I know you'd know about. Usually they're at 2 in the morning. Yes. And those happen camping, but they're a little more peaceful and zen for me. I have not had an existential crisis camping because I think some of it is I've always grown up out. When well, it wasn't, was, it wasn't the camping that gave me the crisis. Well, it no, was the night the, sky the for the first well, time. Well, you got to see how big it was. I'd never even seen pictures of it the way it was supposed to be before. And when I saw it in real life, I'm like, 
It was a, it was like, oh, the we experience is on. You cannot match experience with anything except for just experiencing it. You might have to go on a field trip to Alaska with me for Northern Boreal. Yeah, that was the, the other time I yeah. saw the night sky was in Alaska. Yeah, there's not a lot um, of light pollution there we, in places. We were driving to, it was that same company I traveled with uh, doing inventory up there. Because I was the elite inventory counter, and they sent the elite ones up to Alaska to do stores up there. Elite inventory counter. Uh huh. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, That's uh, very American. It was glorious, I guess. Yes, I guess. Um, no, I like I it. I guess I hold that title. <laughs> I, I want to see your trophy. I was competent. Um, <laughs> I was competent. I, I have ten fingers and ten toes. And you can count. And so I put those to use. Let's put it that way. Um, but anyway, we were up in Alaska, and we were driving from. It was somewhere in. I think we were in Anchorage. I'm trying to remember. But we were driving from somewhere outside of Anchorage. We did a store back to Anchorage, but it was like three in the morning. Okay. And that was the other time I saw the night sky. We stopped to like pee and get gas. And I walked like a few hundred feet away from the gas station. And there was such little light pollution that the whole sky just lit up. And I was just, I don't know. You're I okay. always feel at home, in, I guess, there. Well, I think I it puts know. you in touch with, with, like you said, though, your smallness. We're actually, you know, we get these egos when you're you're doing all your things I feel like maybe that's what we're talking about here. This episode's helped me really realize is there's so many different aspects to camping. It's almost like everything else. You have people that are looking for an escape. Mm -hmm. You have people that are looking to get in touch with their humanity. You have people that are looking to show how capable and competent and awesome and conquer the elements. So it's like, Which is fun, by the way. Oh, I love it. So it's like, I kind of want to know, I, I want our listeners to tell us what camping means to them. I like the discussion. I want to know... What camping does for you? Do you even like it? Are you like, you know, your wife? Because it's yeah, not really Yeah, do you have to have indoor plumbing to poop? Yeah, like... <laughs> or an RV, for that matter. A she's going to kill us kind of for talking about pooping and referring it to her. Oh, yeah. She's okay. Well, I told... She knew I was going to talk about it. I had to, I had to bring but it up. But I think it's... No, it's important. My husband, that's why we got this. Is it, It's like he... Yeah. Where he goes is important. I think it is important because some people don't want to be uncomfortable while they do that stuff. I understand. I do like being comfortable when I do my business. My well, number twos. <laughs> what is but that? I also was the hiking. <laughs> um, one time we were camping, RV camping, obviously, um, in Wallawa Lake, Oregon. Okay. That's an amazing campground if you ever have to camp with an RV. Mm -hmm. But uh, we, I went and we were hiking this hillside, and I don't know what I ate. I think it was we we had done some fishing and I ate some fish, uh -oh. and it just wasn't agreeing with me very well. So I had to go number two, and that was the only time I'd ever had to go number two without a toilet. Are you Other than when I was a kid in my pants or whatever, right? But, wow. like, um, and it wasn't actually that bad. Like, just squat, get it out, done, over with, walk away. It was a bit funny thinking about other animals coming across it. Oh, yeah, because they're totally going to. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't mind it that much. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't comfortable by any means. Oh, my gosh. But really? it, it just got it out. It was relieving, just like it is relieving on the toilet. I didn't have to have a squatty potty. How old were you when your first pooping experience in the woods? Cause I'm that just... was 16. Wow, because my dad's a timber faller when I was a kid, so oh, yeah, I'm sure it was you... just normal. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You went to the bathroom in the woods if you didn't even think about it because yeah. you were out there. I don't even know. My, I feel like... This is like Woods pooping virginity discussion. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you guys can tell us about that too. I would like to hear these yeah. stories. I love. How many the of you? Uh, how old were you guys when you popped your Woods poop and cherry? <laughs> oh my god! Let's discuss it. It's real. I would like. Well, and then are some real of the, talk, Are there guys. people out there that have never not gone on a toilet? Like, yeah. do you exist? Are there? Yeah, there's got to be. There's got to be, right? Yeah. I I don't know. Um, I'm in awe right Does now. a bear shit in the woods? We have to ask. Well, I've seen that. Since literally. we're on the subject. It, they do. 
Uh, I've seen confirmed, it. Confirmed, guys. In real Hashtag life. confirmed. They, yeah. Uh, bears do shit in the woods. I've stepped in it. I have watched it in person numerous times. Yeah. They love to go poo-poo. Okay. All right. Well, well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up on bear shit. <laughs> it's not on our shoes right now, so not we're good. <laughs> it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As you know, we like to end every episode off with a positive news story, but today we're going to break the mold a little bit, and you'll see why in just a second. Today's news article comes to us from Live Science, and we thought it'd be kind of cool since we were doing a camping episode to, you know, talk about something that is awesome and that we don't have to live with because of the time we live in. So our article is Cretaceous Terror Crocodile Crushed Dinosaurs with Banana-Sized Teeth. This enormous predator had jaws powerful enough to subdue massive dinosaur prey. And I kid you not, we're going to link the article... There is a giant crocodile eating a T-Rex in the picture, and I know it's a rendering, but just think about if you went camping these days, and you had to worry about when you go to the edge of the pool, something with banana-sized teeth smashing you. Thank God we don't got to worry about that. Be sure to follow us on social media for more content, and smash that like button.